0: mumbling the song's refrain. He was searching for something to keep, something vivid and clear he could walk off with. A shaft of blue tinted light from the stained glass. A boy's loopy grin above a shirt collar several sizes too big. The furrows of wisdom and contentment that marked a sage face. He looked for the Lord's kind alms, took in everything before him with the hope of seeing more than was there. All he got at first was a thought, an odd realization that skittered across his mind. It occurred to him that almost every house of worship he'd laid eyes on, this one included, was carpeted in red. He actually opened his mouth and whispered the word into the music, red. The color of so many things touched by his trade— Obviously, he discerned the Savior's shed blood in the crimson floor, the gift of death and resurrection stretching from entrance to altar, in commercial-grade glory that didn't show wear and was hard to soil. The color of passion was there, too, passion in so many of its ways and varieties, from generous to brutal. The hue of fire, the devil's shade, the heart's stain— Just about everything under the sun was covered in the red aisles of the Roanoke First Baptist Church. And perhaps that is what I will take away from this day, Joel concluded, as he shut his hymnal. That and nothing else. He opened his sermon with a scripture from the book of Matthew as his flock sat expectantly, waiting for a hint, an explanation, an apology, a denial. When he hesitated at five minutes before noon to sip from a water glass resting on the edge of the pulpit, backs turned rigid, ears cocked, and the church's weight rustled and creaked forward. Walter Butler began rolling the dial on his hearing aid. Peggy and Larry Rice, newlyweds Joel had baptized after Larry's drug rehab, mouthed, "'Please, Jesus,' and held hands. Joel cleared his throat and finished his last point, said nothing they wanted to hear, and as he called for the closing prayer, very few heads were bowed or humble. He peered out at the bewilderment and mild anger of people who felt that they were owed and not paid. The single satisfied expression belonged to Edmund Brooks, who was staring at him from the far end of the front row, nodding slightly in the way people did when they agreed with their preacher when the message had found truth or mentioned something everyone thought needed to be said. Joel looked away from Edmund, letting his eyes wander through his congregation until a bit of magic stirred up in the corner of his sight, a striking impossibility that spun his head and returned him to Edmund's pew seat. Joel saw a red blur he'd overlooked. A silky scarlet rope suddenly growing out of the rug, as if the red on the floor were pouring into Edmund, rising from the ground. "'What in the Lord's name? What the—' Queer as it seemed, it was like the crazy world was finally coming apart, trying to wrap itself around Edmund's windpipe. Joel had to blink and scrub his eyes before he realized what was happening. There was nothing aberrant or miraculous in his vision— no revelations horse or water turning into wine. Edmund was simply wearing a necktie the exact color of the carpet. He was hunched forward, his elbows were propped on his thighs, and his posture caused the tie to fall in an unbroken crimson path that began at his collar and widened into more of the same at his feet. Like he was bleeding rug from his throat, Joel thought or the ground had latched onto his neck with a red tether and was pulling him down. Even though Joel was able to solve the illusion, he still kept watch on Edmund during the prayer, cheating through slits that appeared completely closed. Edmund was a newcomer to Roanoke First Baptist, a businessman from Las Vegas who'd been in town for a year or so. Sitting in church, he was simultaneously still and kinetic, Jittery and static in the same outline. Like a kid's whirly gig, with a spinning center inside a stationary metal frame, the whole contraption set off by yanking a string. Every Sunday, he dropped a hundred-dollar bill into the collection plate. Yes, the preacher was aware of it.